0: Family grind, coffee. Text me on the signal. Don't call me. Major distribution labels call me. Bad bunny numbers. This a robbery. Five hundred million just for Aubrey. Yeah. Major distribution, high popping. Mention me to be the hottest topic. Same place you sing your bitches shopping. Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail. It is good to have you tuning in and learning as always. A little bit late to record this one because I've had a very busy week last week and I thought I would start by telling you a little bit about that because there's some things in here that are lessons that I've taught before and now I'm seeing them come to fruition in different ways. Now last week I Started my weekend, well my Friday, by jumping on a plane to go and speak for a client. Now my client sits on community trust and is on the board of that and basically people donate money to it and that is invested and accumulates and at the end of the year a percentage of what you donate is invested and you continue to do that over time and you choose where you'd like that money to go and apparently these trusts are actually all around New Zealand. So now I've got something new to learn, you know, I didn't really know much about this so I'm going to go away and study and figure out how does all that work and the main thing I guess is that there's people all around the country that are willing to give. Now they had an evening, their annual fundraiser dinner and they wanted a keynote speaker around building community. So I said yes to my client that I would do that and I said I know that that's going to be a very busy time of the year when I committed to that but lock me in but please be advised that I just have a feeling something will pop up so it might be a hit and run mission, I might not be able to stay the next day etc and please be with me and that is what happened but to stick with the dinner to start with I spoke for about half an hour about building community through some of the horse racing stuff that I've done and then keep the change as well and the themes of that and I won't give you the entire presentation but I think that people really value community and need it probably now more than ever and a lot of the big brands will start to already are talking to about community and people are on this bandwagon now but it's something that I've been trying to build and have tried to understand for years now if you want to hear me tell more of that story go check out the Between Two Beers podcast where they interview me and I get into a bit more of that detail but I think people really want belonging. Uh, they want to be a part of something, they want to know that they're the same as other people and people are out there that are like them and share their interests and at the moment especially as well, they want hope. So if you can do those things via a community, then that is great. You know, people are going to want to be a part of that. Now, the really inspiring thing for me is that this is a group of people who have donated a shit ton of money over their life to things in the community, their community where they live, down in Whakatane or Hopi in that area or Poriki where they want to see the community thriving. And there was a saying on the night, you know, you've got to give to get. And that for that room is probably so true. Now, we've spoken about that before, about giving and stuff. And even Mikey will say to me sometimes, man, you're so big on giving. Now, I think when you don't feel like you have much to give, doesn't make sense because you grow up hearing you got to have money to make money but what you find is that a lot of these people who have a lot of money or do well they fucking love giving it back too and giving it towards the things that they care about but that's kind of not what we go and talk about you know but we do have cool stories for ASB to a um I can't remember what it's called but they go and interview someone who's giving a lot of to their community and it be money, it might be time, it might be value. Now, good shit does happen when when you do that. But when you don't feel like you have much, it's very hard to to do that and to think that that's actually worth doing. Because we live in a society where we want to get something back in return straight away, and that's what we get taught. You know, Leave school, for instance, get a job, you get money, you give your time, you get money. So you're in the cycle of, okay, well, if I do something, I should get something back in return. You're not sort of taught, oh, just give yourself to something and good things will come back to you, but it'll take a lot of time. And that leads in nicely to the second piece and how I got very busy is that when I was away in Bali, having my holiday in Singapore and Sydney and pretending that I'd be able to get through that two weeks without having to do any work or any admin, I get a message and it is basically from boystrip.co.nz. And they run tours for people all over the country and internationally as well. And they go to things like Bathurst, they go to the Singapore Grand Prix, all sorts. And basically, you don't have to do anything. You sign up and they organize everything for you. And they took one to the grand final. And they had about 200 people going. So it's 200 people from New Zealand, mostly from New Zealand, going over there and they had the most amazing time. So they're there on Friday. They have an opening event. They were then asked, would you like to come to the races on Saturday in Sydney at Royal Ramwick, which is an amazing venue. And 100 of them, so 50% of them said yes, that they'd like to go. And as the numbers got bigger, Boystrip reached out to me and said, Luke, do you think we could fly you over there and host you? Now, in return, we'll get you over there, give you your accommodation, et cetera. Hopefully they're all good with me saying this and we'll, you know, take you to the grand final on the Sunday as well. Now, I said yes, of course, and so I had to organise all this and try and figure out, fuck, how am I going to fit this around my speaking gig, so I basically did all of that admin, and I left the speaking gig on the Friday night straight away, so I couldn't hang around for the dinner and actually talk to people, which is a bit of a shame, because I wanted to learn more from these people that were there as well, but I missed out on that, but got driven over to Todonga by my client, and went to sleep for about five hours, got up 5am to the airport in Todonga. Fly to Auckland through all that wind and shit. Was worried that my flight was going to be delayed. Over to the international, torrential rain at that stage, and start to watch the first half of the All Blacks at the airport and then get on the plane and go to Sydney. Arrive in Sydney, literally get changed into a suit. You have to wear a suit and a tie to go to this race day to where we were. In the Uber car park in front of people, you know, no fucks given at this stage. Just got to get it done, get into the cab, get to the races and host 100 people for the day and try and give them a, a fun day at the racetrack. And now I've derailed where I was actually going, but that was so quite an intense day, very knackered by the end of it. But you know, for me, a number of years ago, I would dream of being able to afford to go to the grand final and to think, shit, I would love to do that, but I can't afford to. And maybe I should just put it on my credit card. Fuck it. Maybe I should just go. And I would go and do that shit on my credit card, but I wouldn't necessarily go to the grand final. I've been to two grand finals. I've been when the Warriors went. But also I was committed to this when the Warriors were still a chance. And that's why a number of these people were on this tour too. So that brings you into another theme. The Warriors have done a fucking fantastic job to build community and to build hope and to give people something to belong to and to follow and to feel like they're the same. Up the wars, for instance, be massive this year. I get to Australia at the grand final, wearing my Warriors top. The amount of Aussies that are yelling at you, up the wars, loving it, just loving it. A very, very good example of community build at the moment. So you're seeing all these themes through here, but it's just interesting as well that when you, because I've done so much in the horse racing space and added so much value, I've then built up authority. And then people come to me and say, could you do this for us? And in return, we'll give you this, or you can do this. So I go to a grand final, potentially the best grand final in history, for free. I don't pay for a ticket. I get to go to the races. I have my accommodation sorted. I get to invite one of my best mates. He comes along too. And we share a moment in the hotel where I just say to him, fuck, mate, this is pretty cool, eh? You know, we're here. Yeah, we've got to pay for some beers and some different things throughout the day. And he had to pay for a race ticket. But I'm like, man, you know, this is shit that when we were growing up in Danny Burke, for instance, we would be dreaming to be able to go to and saving up to go to. And I'm like, and now it's happening for free. Yeah, we're here for free. And so you have to really grasp those moments because at some stage in my life, I didn't even really think that that was possible. But then something happened for me where I did believe it was possible. And then it actually happens. So. Maybe you've had some of those experiences in your life. I hope so. I hope you get to experience something like that. But it just shows you know, if you add enough value over time, people will reward you and things will come back to you. And they will be the randomest things, but they could be, you know, unexpected, but something that's just really cool. So you have to celebrate it when it happens. And I guess I probably couldn't do a number of these things if I didn't quit my job too, because it then gives me the freedom to work remotely and do things differently which allows me to say yes more because I doubt I would get the time off to be able to do half of the shit that I get to go and do but some cool amazing people on that tour as well and the other thing I thought about when there was 200 people-ish at this bar before everybody jumps on a riverboat cruise for a bit out in the harbour and up some uh, river to go to the, to the, out to Homebush is that where the grand final is there's 200 people there no one is talking about the election who did you vote for last time i can't stand you i'm going to fucking argue with you they're so focused on the league enjoying what they love celebrating each other getting around each other and it just cracks me up how then you go back on social media for instance and you'll see something about the election politics or whatever and there's all this fucking arguing and it's like here's my favorite political party so i'm going to say this and stuff and then really, when us humans get ourselves out of that vacuum and go and do cool shit together, we're not actually thinking about that stuff. And we're all actually supporting the same cause and want to be a part of that. And it shows how humans really can get along, but also we have times where we can't get along, but why also people say sport is so important because it brings people together and that loops us straight back to the community piece. So a good 12 or so minutes there of, uh, well, nearly 12, of just some different musings from my weekend, but hopefully it's inspirational for you, hopefully there's a lesson you can take out of it, It gives you a bit more context into some of the things that I'm doing, what I might be up to, why the Instagram goes quiet for instance. I'm juggling a shit ton of things in the background at any one time, all the while trying to give your content and get writing and get recording and things like that too and exploring different types of video content and what else could be getting done and... What to say yes to in terms of speaking, doing some reps. I sat down after doing my half an hour, and someone said to me, "How the hell can you stand up there with no notes and talk for half an hour?" And I sort of thought, "Ah, oh, well, just I guess I know the stories, and I basically just made some slides, and they prompt me to then tell the story of what's on that slide. That's sort of my the format that I try and go by, and then summarise with some some key points and stuff. But it's cool to see what other people see when you speak that you forget about because you're then so deep into it or doing you know your part of it and not thinking about that but that's the their one takeaway you just spoke for half an hour with no notes I'm like yeah did you learn anything else but uh, but just cool you know the, the different things that you get when you go and do that stuff uh, but also the final thing as well going back to getting to go to the grand final for free and whatnot is that it's funny when you start I can afford to go to a grand final now and I don't have a credit card and I could have paid to go and I could have gone I would have gone if the Warriors made it for sure but I was going to wait to book to go till then, but I got to go for free, it's funny how when you can actually afford to do shit, sometimes you don't have to pay, because it becomes free, and that's the weird thing about life, I don't know how to explain that, but as I've done better, I've actually received more for free that I one day thought I would love to be able to pay for, and you kind of think, huh, and I can't remember, someone said to me recently, oh, I can't remember how they worded it, but basically, uh, the, the the less you want the more you'll get and then the happier you'll be and oh fuck I can't really remember but basically it was trying to teach us that if you don't just completely focus on money all the time and having things and material things and shit like that and you try and teach yourself to to not want stuff the more things come to you and the more money comes to you and you're happier anyway because you still you get the money and you get the things that you want but you haven't actually wanted them as much as you used to so you feel even happier but it's kind of counterintuitive to be happy I need to get heaps of money and get the material things and once I get them I'll be happier so maybe sometimes we have to try and teach ourselves not to want those things and just to try and want less and then maybe maybe they'll come to you but in a couple of weeks as well I go to race day over in Australia I'm paying to go I said to a couple of mates I said lads should we let's do this one, do it properly, I've always wanted to do it, I can afford to do it now, let's do it, you know, let's get a let's get a table seat, and we're having a look, My oh, boy, is 600 Aussie minimum, that's what we're going to be paying, holy shit, maybe even 800, and then again through some horse racing connections, oh hey mate, is there three of you? Okay, no, that's cool, we'd love to host you, uh, we'll put you on this table, we'll see you there. See so, lads, there's, you know, 1800 bucks of tickets that we're not having to pay for because of giving value in earlier years, and again I said you know we we can actually afford to go now and pay for these but we don't even have to so another example for you anyway let's get into this week although I probably should have just done a podcast on that anyway but hey hopefully you've picked something up out of that now this week we're going to be talking about thinking longer term as I often like to talk about with a great example of why and I'll go deeper in this than just the written version so this was called what I did last election. Now last week I received hundreds of dollars in dividends, sick brag I know. Now you would have noticed this if I was putting this on social, well when I was putting on this on social media and I've sort of been talking about it recently as well, but I really want to drill it home for people. Because three years ago when everyone was last heading for the polls, I didn't have the $8,000 invested that generated those hundreds of dollars of dividends. And I was going to say up front here too, because a lot of you probably know, I have a lot more than just $8,000 invested so... It's not like it's taken me three years to stack $8,000 and now I'm making these dividends but I wanted to make this relatable for people because we'll get to that later on with some of the questions that I got. So today I do have $8,000 invested that generated me the dividends that we're going to be talking about and annualised it's providing dividends that will nearly beat tax relief from either major political party because it's about $10 a week. And dividends that I'm gonna receive from this $8,000. So it's exciting for me because it's effectively an increase to my income. Sure, it's taken a while to see it work, but that's the thing about investing. It can be pretty boring. It is easy to overcomplicate getting ahead financially, but one of the simplest ways is one, earn, two, invest, three, reinvest the dividends to use compounding, four, eventually draw down from the accumulated funds to subsidize your life's costs. Now that is a very simple formula, something that we spoke about when we did the podcast and webinars with Lighthouse Financial but you can actually take this and think about other areas of your life. So you earn, you invest, you reinvest the dividends to use compounding and you eventually draw down from the accumulation accumulated funds to subsidise your life's costs. That's basically what KiwiSaver is doing on the side for you or your investment into retirement, right? So you don't get your dividends out of KiwiSaver each year They just reinvest them and it starts to compound and that's where the real growth happens over time. But you can also do that with your learning. You can do that with your goodwill. Look at that story. You know, I was providing value by investing and adding value and then I wasn't asking for favours so I was reinvesting my value, not asking for things. It was compounding. I kept doing more and then eventually I say, hey, I need a favour. I'd love to go to this race day. Yes, here you go, here's $1,800 of tickets, Australian, for three of your mates. So I'm eventually drawing down from the accumulated investments that I've made and that's subsidizing my life's costs. So it's not just about money. But it is a boring four-step process because it just seems too simple. And instead, our brains want to go to, well, where's the get rich quick or where's the faster way to do it? Now on the 14th of October, millions of Kiwis are again heading to the polls and voting based on what extra money they'll get in their back pocket. Cool, I get it, understandable, we discussed this only a few short weeks ago, but like then when I said, do you want more money? Don't wait until the October the 14th, I am again suggesting that you think differently. Where would you like to be financially at the next election cycle? I was listening to a podcast this morning from, that I wrote, Money Mail, three years ago, and it was leading into the election, I'm like, whoa, that is three years ago that I was writing that stuff then recording it and here we are because I'm talking about the upcoming election like we're in the exact same position again. So what can you do in that three years? It's three years away and you can achieve a lot in three years. Have you ever really thought about this? Politicians are deep into their respective campaigns telling us what they can do over the next three years. Well what are we each going to do and achieve in the next three years? What can you start doing from today? What can you do consistently that will make a difference to your finances? What can you do during the next three-year term? What about the next usual nine-year cycle? Because that's normally what a political party lasts. So if you are thinking there's going to be a change in government and then usually they last for nine years, that's the run that they're going to go on to do some shit. What are you going to do in the next nine years? What things can you be doing from today that are going to make a difference? Easy for you to say, Luke, yes, I know, because I did it. This is exactly what I did. Three years ago, I started taking my investments more seriously and putting money aside, investing in companies that pay a dividend so that I could see an increase in income. This year, I've seen dividends come in that amount to more than what either major political party are promising if I vote for them. Now, because I don't just have this eight grand invested that generated me these dividends that I received in the prior fortnight, I've got more invested, I literally have had an increase to my income through dividends and through interest than what either of the political parties are going to give me. Cool, yep, great, fucking that's lovely for you to say, Luke, it must be nice, to you privileged, et cetera, et cetera, yes, I get it, right, but that's not the point. The point is that three years ago, that was not the case. Therefore, if there was gain to be had from a political party around money, I may be swayed to be like, ooh. I'll probably vote for that one then, but now it's less important because I've tried to teach myself how could I not rely on that to be my hope for an increase in income, and I know that not everybody can get there, but there's a lot of us where we can, we're just not doing the things that we know we could be doing, and it's also inspiration for those people who, they message me and they're like, hey, I got a 20 cent dividend, whipty shit, I'm like, yes, but what have you learned through that process? build the habit, keep building the habit and one day that 20 cents could become $20 and then one day that $20 could become $200. You completely blow your paradigm of what's possible and what you can get back and you think, holy shit, you know, that's pretty cool. Maybe three years ago you didn't believe that was possible, maybe six years, maybe nine years. It doesn't matter how long it takes you, it's about trying to do the work to allow yourself to see it happen So that you can prove that you were once wrong and that you were right at the same time to think I just have to think a bit longer term and do what I know that I should be doing. So this year, of course, there are many other reasons to vote as well. So not just saying it's all about the money and I specifically have not said that everybody is only voting based on if they're going to get extra cash. I know that's not actually true, you know, so that's why I didn't say everybody. Because somebody reminded me in the comments, yeah, that's actually, you know, this is stupid. There's, I'm like, yes, that's literally what this is, that there's other reasons to vote. So this is just an example of how you can actually increase your income, and it's not just about increasing your salary, for instance. you know, What other ways can you do that? And so then why are we getting so caught up about either of the political party's promises when – we're actually more powerful to control our income than they are, but it just can take some time. But it's taken them a lot of time to to look at actually indexing inflation rates and changing them and taking GST off from of fruit and vegetables or whatever they're looking at doing, right? So don't wait, I guess is what I'm saying. Think about what you can control uh, as always. But the above increase in my own income is an example that we can achieve a lot in a decent time frame. Now, a quick reminder on what a dividend is because some people are like, Hey, honestly, mate, what's these dividends that you're talking about? And I forget that not everybody's gone through all of the lessons. So, a dividend is a sum of money paid by a company to its shareholders out of its profits or reserves. You own a share of the company, so if they distribute out their profits through dividends, you're entitled to a share of their profits and get a dividend. As always, there's a tax on these dividends, the net dividend, so that after taxes and withholding tax and imputation credits is the amount that I get to keep and can be reinvested or used to pay some bills. Now if you want to understand more about dividends, search dividends under the podcast and go back to me explaining more about dividends and the taxes around those and things because it's really complicated. If you haven't done accounting and you don't study business and stuff, you'll probably be going, what the hell, how does this work? And I'll Run you through an example in that podcast. So go and search for that and dig it out. I think it might be week 14 from memory, but not entirely sure. Anyway, when I revealed these dividends on social media recently, I got the question, yeah, but how much did you invest to get those dividends? And the answer was $8,000, which I didn't have three years ago. See, the answer is not $8,000. The answer is $8,000, which I didn't have invested three years ago, because that's the lesson. The lesson isn't I've got eight grand and you don't. The lesson is, Three years ago, I didn't have this invested. One political cycle later, I do have it invested. And one political cycle, it's paying me more than just about what these politicians are looking to provide. And then once I add on my other investments, it is well above what they can give me. Therefore, reminding us that we are powerful if we can look at some of these things differently and be disciplined over time. So please don't just ignore the principle because you don't have $8,000 right now. What about when you do? What if you inherit some money? What if you get disciplined? What if you swap paying credit and buy now, pay later and use that money and start growing it? You know, what about then? Think about that. Don't just think about the here and now. Now, on this as well, 359,000 Auckland households and businesses recently received a 364 in-trust power dividend. That's the equivalent to $7 a week. That's nearly up there. I think that nearly beats Labor's promise for. Most Kiwis. I think it is in line, well nearly in line with Nationals, ten dollars a week or whatever the year one was, depending on where you're at and the income levels and stuff like that. There's seven dollars a week that Auckland households have just had back, three hundred and fifty-nine thousand of them. Now, there's a number of these different scenarios where we realise, like, oh yeah, okay. Shit, I wasn't real. You know, where's everyone's massive fuss about this? It's amazing. You know, look how much money I've just I've just received, three hundred and sixty-four dollars. But we quickly forget it because then we just get dragged back into all the marketing about the the politicians and all their shit, right? But swing yourself out of there, be a swing voter, and vote for yourself, two ticks you, as always, and think, okay, what things could I be doing? I wonder what happened with that dividend for a lot of people. Now for you as well, it may not be about dividends or interest income, it might be about paying down your debt faster. Someone literally said this today, to me they said, all of my savings offsetting my mortgage so that we pay less interest, I don't have dividends that will be coming in. I don't have investments because I want to pay less interest because when you get a dividend or interest income, you're going to get taxed on that. When you're paying down interest expenses, debt on your mortgage, it's a saving to you of 100% of the interest that you would have paid and you're not paying any tax. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. Interest income is taxed, remember, and dividends are too. Now see these dividends that I get. In the top tax bracket, so I'm taxed at 40% on them or 39% effectively. So, you know, you're losing 40% of the gross dividends or the total dividend to tax for myself, but for some people to be 33, for some people to be 30. And for other people, they won't want to be earning dividends because they'll be wanting to clear their mortgage faster. So, again, it's just, it's, Everybody's different in this space, I'm just showing you some of the things that I'm doing uh, and seeing out there as well. Again, if we go back to some principles, for you to have spare money each week and spare income each week, you've got to be very deliberate about making it happen. It's hard to invest when you're clearing buy now, pay later and making credit card payments or Luke, back in the day making cue card payments. I couldn't invest, I couldn't do that stuff because I was reprioritizing paying off my old sins, clearing my debt, my credit card, my cue card, all of that sort of shit, right? Paying off my car loan and stuff. So then I couldn't be thinking about the future. And then I'd finally clear the debt and go and get some more anyway because it's what I knew and it's what I was good at. So don't just focus on debt because that's probably as far as your financial journey will take you. There's a gem there. Please listen to that. Don't just focus on debt because that's probably where your financial journey will take you. It'll probably only lead you to think about clearing debt You might get some more, do the same thing again, but is it the right debt? Think about the future. Think about dividends. Think about investing. That's why I'm always ramming this stuff home to get people thinking differently and bigger and about things that we don't often talk about out there with each other in the media, at schools and things. So think about some of that stuff for yourself too. So what if you could swap three years of paying down buy now, pay later, credit cards, debt, for three years of increasing your income all the whilst investing or clearing your mortgage faster? What would that look like at the next election? So if we go back to our top four points, one, earn, two, invest. That's what I'm saying here. Could you earn more? Can you increase your income? And then can you get out of the cycle of paying off credit and then investing instead? Because that's the journey that I've gone through. So this is why I'm saying this. So instead of tying up my money to pay down my Q card, my credit card, et cetera, I then go on, on a journey of doing clearing those so that they're gone and now it's like, cool, I've got spare money in my budget, what am I going to do with it? Okay, I'm going to invest it, I'm not going to change my lifestyle, I'm going to invest that money now, it's not happening fast enough for me and I wasted a decade in my 20s of pissing around, why not increase my income and do two at once? Now to then you go on another part of the journey and it's basically, as you earn more, try and keep your living standards the same. You know, there's there's always room for a bit of fun and doing some things that you never would have done previously but trying to save and stack a good percentage of that so you're not getting out of hand and making all this cash and then not investing anything. So I'm doing two of the parts at once, I'm earning more and then I'm investing more and then that's then creating the 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 loop and the snowball because that's leading to dividends and I reinvest those, or turn those into more income and then it starts to happen quite quickly and it reminds me or shows me that it is possible and again hindsight Luke comes out and thinks look if only I started that sooner so I guess what I'm saying here is if you can get yourself out of the paying down debt and paying off cue cards and buy now pay later and shit use that money to invest and think forward three years and think okay where could you be you know what's it going to look like at the next election would you be as glued to the next political showdown about who's giving you what probably not because you probably feel more in control of what you're currently doing Now I recently asked to keep the changer about the changes they had made to go from consuming to investing and what tips they could share about avoiding going back to old debt habits because this is what they were telling me, basically they were in the cycle of clearing their debt and they finally got out of it and they felt so good and they were stoked and the answer when I said, you know, what have you done to ensure that you don't go back there because I'd done that, I'd cleared debt before and then got back into it because I'd just, that's all I'd known so i just repeat that behaviour something would happen, emergency would happen. I hadn't built the emergency fund yet. I'm like, oh, I know, I can get an interest-free loan to pay off that. That's what I would do. So their answer was, when I was struggling to shake the must-buy-something bug, I started buying shares. This satisfied my behaviour of craving retail therapy and gave me a promise of increase over time. So they're thinking about increase, either the value of those stocks or their income because they may get a dividend from it. Now, remember that everyone is competing for your vote your vote, make sure you don't forget to vote for yourself. And if you still haven't watched the Two Ticks You webinar, here's a replay. The webinar is at keepthechange.co.nz forward slash Two Ticks You. If you don't have it, it's in Money Mail. If you are listening to this and you still don't even know that there's a webinar, go back, there's audio if you want to listen to the audio, but you probably want to watch it so you can see the slides, you can get the resources, you can go through and do some of the examples as well. Because I made a webinar showing 10 plus examples that everyday Kiwis can explore to add money to their back pocket. Don't wait for this election, or the next one, or the one after that. Who will you be by the next election cycle? Get started today. You're one of over 8,525 recipients. Please share this with somebody who it could be valuable for, or the webinar for instance, because there's been a lot of people making changes and getting a little bit of extra cash in the back pocket after doing one or two of the things in that webinar and that's all it could take to start your snowball and to get you thinking differently as well. A great way to start thinking about tidying up your finances and just ticking off some of the low hanging fruit ahead of these times that just continue to be tricky and we're all getting squeezed in the old wallet. Did you know in the past three decades stock markets have risen by an average of 2.7% in the three months following an election? That's from Craig's Investments. Now, I'm going to one of their presentations coming up soon as well, so it'll be interesting to get along to, but it just shows you that humans then think, okay, now we've got some certainty of who's going to be in power, let's invest into the stock market, and on average, the stock market's risen by 2.7% in the three months following an election. So it's going to be interesting to see, does that happen again this time? We go into a very different economic time post this election, and let's see, you know, let's see if that, if that statistic holds true again. Also I've gotten an the email these days, speaking inquiries, please email luke at keepthechange.co.nz. So if you do know somebody who is looking for a speaker, uh, or it could be yourself, then happy to discuss looking at that. I can't say yes to all of them, but uh, if they fit in with what I've got going on and are in line with... What I'd like to be discussing, and whether I can actually add some value to the audience or conference, etc., then I'll definitely explore it. So that is the way to get in touch with me around that stuff. I hope you're keeping well out there. We'll get out of here because that's been 33 minutes, but no doubt some things to get you thinking. See you on the next episode of Money Mail.